Welcome to the Laurie Lawrence podcast, Stuff the Silver, We're Going for Gold. This podcast came about by me wanting to value add to my online swim teacher and coaching platform, WorldwideSwimSchool.com. The podcast is not meant to be a quick fix to get us achieving. It's simply meant to be a help, a guide, a companion in the tough times. I wanted to share and show that dreams are important and we must hold on to those dreams. However, without hard work, those dreams are only fantasies. The perfect result is when we dream and then make those dreams come true. Only an individual with persistence and dedication can make a dream come true. The choice becomes yours. If you want the edge in life or in sport, there are no shortcuts. You must work hard, make tough decisions, sacrifice, and march daily towards your goal, one step at a time. If you are serious about winning, you must prepare to win. Enjoy the podcast. Tell your friends if it helps one person expand their lives a little or achieve their dreams. It will have served the purpose. If it doesn't do this, try at least to remember, the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. I did a podcast for Swimming Australia. They got together myself and a kid I coached 45 years ago, Stephen Holland, the greatest distance swimmer I believe the world has ever seen. Broke world records on numerous occasions. It was great to get back together It was great to do the podcast. I'm sure you'll enjoy this. And it was made possible by Swimming Australia. Thank you. Now, I I read an incredible story about you looking into world championship history. So the first feat of world championships. Yes, it was. You may have swum a little too far. Well, Laurie didn't count right. (laughs) So I look up, he said, two more. I said, don't worry. Mate, Mate, you were the coach. I can only go by my instructions. Like, two more. What can I say? Two more. And I look up, 32, lift up my head. He's going, two more. I thought, shit, I better keep going. (laughs) Mate, I'll tell you something. It was one of those things. Just so focused on what he had to do. A young kid. So shit scared. (laughs) Yeah, shy, skinny, nervous. 15. 15 years of age. Youngest ever world record holder. Well, let me tell you how records. I met him first. I met this player, right? So I was 15 on the day. And Laurie's not as well groomed back in those days, let me assure you. It was a little rough around the edges. And I was a country lad at Camden Hill. still a good-looking woman, though. You did. I didn't do too bad either. Oh, you did real well. A top shelf. Top, <laughs> top shelf. We both been top shelf, son. Well, we all try. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... He comes to my birthday party, old birthday thing, my, my old man. My dad says, uh, I'd like to meet this bloke, Laurie Lawrence. He shakes my hand, he says, you can be a world champion. I said, oh, yeah. no worries. Tomorrow you'll come to Sydney and be a man. I went, oh, really? I've never been on a plane before. <laughs> and they were jets in those days. <laughs> okay. So um, I thought, all right. So I talked to my mum and dad, I said, let's do it. So I jumped in a plane the next day. So I was 15 in one day and I lived with this bloke for three months. It's tough. <laughs> End of three months. Hang End on. Three... I'll oh, finish. Go on, you finish. You're... Skippy cornflakes for I breakfast. Get, I find it, Skippy I find cornflakes it very for hard breakfast. to talk to any of my uh, buddy and they all Mate, want to go over the top. Well, well we want to tell on. the truth. <laughs> 
So, Skippy cornflakes for breakfast. Okay, lunchtime, Skippy cornflakes again, because we didn't have any food. <laughs> Three months. And tea, you guessed it. No, it wasn't Skippy cornflakes. I think the hardest part about the Skippy cornflakes was the powdered milk with the big blobs in it. It wasn't quite mixed in, because we couldn't afford real milk. Well, so, I was a bachelor in those days. <laughs> I was a bachelor. It was tough. And I was a good cook. You were good a shit <laughs> Cornflakes cook, Steve. Well, thank God for the little Greek store down the back. We would have all died. <laughs> so we lived like that for three months, okay? We trained at Hurstville Pool. He had an old Mazda, back window missing. Uh, me being the smallest, being a distance from her, he had these two giants from Townsville, 6'6", six, six, pushing me up against the window to stop the wind coming in, right? I'm blah, blah, blah. I was freezing. <laughs> but being the smallest, always back seat. Anyway, we'd go to Hurstville Pool and we'd do two 25 hours. 25 metre pool. 25 metre, train our ass off. Um, you know, it was pretty intense. I knew hard, he hard was going to break world records hard at yard. the next trials because he broke world records in training. I have never, and I'll say this over and over again, ever seen anyone to train as hard as this man did. Well, hang on. Ever. Without ever. pissing in his pocket too much. Way back in those days, I don't know. Well, the one thing that Steve wanted was to get out of the pool as soon as possible. Because Time he's got that sort, of, <laughs> that sort of personality, okay? So the sooner he could get something done, he's still the same today. I am I still the same today. Janine, am I like somewhere? that now? Yes. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Janine's lived with me now for nearly 40 years. He wants to get out as soon as possible. What are we doing? Yeah, let's have go. Going, What's next? Uh, well, well, let's go 20 quarters to the 20 400s today. He said, what are they on? Five minutes, okay? He'd do them on 4.30 so he could get out of the water oh, early. I I'd could say five minutes that way. <laughs> I'd never had anyone ever do this sort of thing ever. I'd give him a hard cycle and he'd make it harder so he could get out five minutes early, 10 minutes early. Attitude. Fifth. Attitude. attitude. And, and the angle you look at things, you know what I mean? I mean, um, when we sat down and did the 1500 time in those days, Oh, like today, you look at it, it's pretty slow. Um, it but, is slow. Yeah, it was. You should have swum 14.30. Oh, we probably would have, but at the end of the day, we were, did, We had shit facilities. This pool was full of chlorine. I mean, the chlorine gas oh. on, was just horrendous. We all got contaminated you one afternoon. Breathe, huh? Oh, they shot raw gas straight up the pool. And we're all doing butterfly, and we all copped raw chlorine gas, and we're all <laughs> intoxicated. We all got out of the pool. It was that type of, you know, it was either succeed or die one or the other and well. we succeeded and you know and a lot of us did succeed and you not only just winning and i think you know okay it was great to win titles and all that not all of us did that but in some part of our life we used what we learned here well, i think to go that's forward. the big secret that's the cruncher you know the cruncher you, is did you win olympic gold medal no and it's not only him, it's other kids that, Thousands I, know, of them. that, I, that I think should have been Olympic champions or could have been Olympic champions and missed for some reason or another. But the things that they learnt in there, oh, yeah, in the pool, life skills that they learnt, the time management skills they learnt, the, the discipline, the commitment, being on time, the commitment, all you know? those things stay with them for life and no matter what you say this young man is 
I like that. Main success of Young life. Success of life. life. As a businessman now, he's done everything. Got a great family. He's made a success of life. And to me, that's just as important as an Olympic gold medal, bronze medal, silver medal, or even making the Australian Olympic team. If you learn life skills from this sport, I mean, that's all I want out of it. I've got two granddaughters that swim twice a week since they were four months of age. One's nine and one's six. They swim twice a week. I love it. And as they get a little bit older, I hope, I hope that they love it so much that they want to do four times a week. And then five times a week. You know, because it's the only sport where boys and girls can actually get in and swim side by side and train together. It's a great sport. It's a great sport. Low Health, impact. Fitness. Yeah. Low impact. You can do it for a long, long time. You know, all that sort of stuff. Do you swim now? Yeah, I train three times a week for my board running, short board. Yep. Three days a week. Swimming? Yep. yep. So you can get out through the waves? Absolutely. With the, as little pain as possible. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, I mean, to go back, way back in those days, and the first world championship, like you say, I mean, it was, even in Yugoslavia, had back-to-back 50-metre heated pools. Yeah. Back in Australia here, we had probably two in the whole of Australia. Yeah, very And few. what they call heated and what we call heated today, you know. Yeah. heated, very, hardly any yeah. heated pools, because Bullshit. all the 50-metre pools around the country were not heated. No. So, so they I could mean, only be used for six months. You know, the first two hours, once you broke that, once you got numb, it's okay. It's getting numb is the problem because you could feel everything. But once you got numb, the rest of it. But then you had to line up in the afternoon and it was very uncomfortable. So you've got to line up in the afternoon and you're going to go through the same experience again and enjoy it. I'm just going down <laughs> That's all bullshit, memory eh? lane now looking around here. If we'd have been in Yugoslavia now, there'd be guards up there with the machine guns. He jumped the fence. <laughs> he had he this missed. old sheep's... Me. Let me just tell you, he had an old sheepskin jacket on, right? This old thing. I wasn't thing, on the team. Never washed. It's five year old at least. It's like it used to be white. So now it's grey, smelly. It's the colour of a sheep. Put it that way. You stand it in the corner. It doesn't lay down. It stands and he's got a growth. Oh, shit. I've got to tell this story. Oh. So, comes to the final day. Laurie's looking like pretty rough around the edges. Finals come up. Laurie gets groomed, shave, haircut, pink suit, pink suit, pink tie, it's all happening. It true? Is. Yeah, true. Turns up, looking like a million bucks. Right. Anyway, he starts, as the race progresses, off comes the tie. Then the jacket. <laughs> He's stripping down for the, for the county. By the time the end of the race, thank God it did fit, or the undies would be next. By the end of the race, he's got hardly any gear on. But, um, you know... Really? I've got a different story. No, 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 no. We're not interested in your story. <laughs> At the end of the day, when someone has... We're all given with gifts, okay? And my gift was pursuit of whatever I focus on and pursue it, no matter what. And keep going until you get there. His gift was motivating people. Now, whether that's motivating here or anywhere, whatever, he, he has that ability to turn that key and not many people do. There's a lot of coaches around the world, a lot of coaches in Australia. They're very good coaches. 
and all that, but some people just have that knack. And he's got that. And he was born with it. And as years have gone on from my career to, you know, to Duncan and, and, and Justin Lindbergh and all those other swimmers, he's had a lot of swimmers. Well, as a coach, I'll tell you, you mentioned Duncan, uh, Duncan, you mentioned... Duncan's the hardest trainer. I must say something. No, he's not. Because I was retired. Oh, but he was a hard trainer. I used to really, I used to come up to him and say, mate, you're an animal. You trained the half stuff. He's very dedicated. No, I'm telling you. And if he was here now, I'd tell him he's not. He wasn't, it was a different, He's a different fish. Different fish. I mean, you had, remember I went and took you down to Professor, um, down in Sydney. We went and saw a professor who did all the aerobic measurements on you. And he couldn't believe the aerobic capacity that this kid had, even at 15 years of age. Now, I really believe, like he finished when he was 16. Crazy. Crazy. He, he, he should have been swimming 15, 20. But here's a wild thing that's just happened. Okay. He took nearly a minute there was the world record. That guy that we went to, there was another guy called Dr. Kevin Hobbs. Now, he was the head, the first sports medicine doctor. Remember him? Hobbsy, yeah. Hobbsy, wow. My son met a girl about three years ago, Janine. Three? Four years ago. Say four years ago. Four years ago. Anyway, she's in the back of my car, and her last name is Hobbs. Anyway, she's sitting there, and she says, you knew my granddad. I said, oh, yeah, what was his name? Dr. Kevin Hobbs, I said. Well, that's the sports medicine dude. My son married his granddaughter. No way. No way. Absolutely, 100%. She, we've no now way. got a grandson to her. To and this guy, 40 years went away. Like, 40 years disappeared. And now I've got his granddaughter, the first sports medicine doctor for Australia, in my car marrying my son. That's weird. It's real weird, mate. Because we had a special connection. This doctor and I, and, and Laurie, we had a special sort of connection because I busted my elbow and I, wouldn't, I, I couldn't... Before the Commonwealth Games, we couldn't straighten it, could we? So we had to jump that on a bike. That was the worst thing ever. And just wouldn't straighten. It locked. And this guy got it going. And we're only nine weeks out from the Commonwealth Games. So we pedal like shit on a bike. Right? Yeah, yeah. You, you got on the bike. With yeah. the, you got to stay aerobically fit. But the hardest thing was, when he did his elbow and it locked and wouldn't move, they bought this, and then a swelling come up like that. They bought this needle oh. like it was... To dry and drain it. It was thicker than that. It was old school stuff, hey? Old like. school stuff to push in his elbow and suck out the whatever it was that was in there. And he was on a bike for nine weeks. We made it though. We got there. Went to the Commonwealth Games in New Zealand and broke the world record. Yeah, beating by a lap. Yeah. yeah. And I took over a mate of mine called John Lyons. And I was still trying to bust curfew in those days because I wasn't on the team as an official coach. He was a so rebel, which is in. hard to believe, isn't it? Like, you wouldn't believe that with Laurie. That so I had to get in the pool. So I, I got bit, there Maybe early. a bit of an outcast, maybe. And I had a big bloke, <laughs> a big bloke from Townsville, Johnny Lyons. Yeah. And I said, look, I'm a... I was lucky. I'd played rugby in New Zealand, and they're mad about rugby. I'd played rugby for Australia and toured over there with the Wallabies in 1964. Was that when you had one lung too? Or not? Yeah, one lung. One lung played for Australian football. That's a big effort. Two balls. Anyway, <laughs> let's not okay. go there. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're mad about... Just got a vision, sorry. They're mad about rugby. And Nasty. so we got there early before the swimmers come 
and I took over a few old Aussie tracksuits and kangaroo pins, hundreds of kangaroo pins, and finished up giving them to the guards on the change of shift. So we finished up getting to know the people who were on the gates. They let us in and we finished up using their kitchen and having cups of tea with them and everything. He's so the only guy we're at you're gonna love it, okay. I have never seen anyone take off their underpants at the dinner table without dropping their shorts. Have you? <coughs> he can do it. I could do it now. Oh God no. <laughs> True story. I am not kidding you. I would not bullshit you. He pulls them out and goes, Whew. <laughs> They were yours. No, they were Duncan's. Oh, I don't know whose they were, but mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you get them off without anyway, taking your shorts off. You that was amazing. His first world championship. Shy. No, no, don't skinny, go into that. No, no, don't go. Nervous. No, no nervous. you don't. You don't want to hear this one. This is. Yep. No, it's shit. Yugoslavia. <laughs> bang. Straight to the front. Straight to the front. I'm there, and I'm he sold the pink that shirt big on. Hang on, before you go into Kinsella. that. Kinsella. He was a world record holder, right? Yeah. I was uh, nine stone, and what's, what's that? I was about 70 nothing. kilo. That was nothing. I was, anyway, I was five foot ten or something. This guy's six foot six. He comes out of me, hey boy, well, holy shit. Yeah, he was the world record. <laughs> oh, we belted him, we, we belted him good. So, <laughs> away we go, 800 metres, he tumbles, breaks the world record. I'm straight up into the grandstand where all the Yank coaches are. Look him in the eye and say, look, get that into you, fellas. He's in front unusual, hey, unusual. He's pumping, unusual. and I'm doing a bit of pumping oh. in the stand as well. Comes up to 30 laps, he tumbles and goes for an extra two laps. He reckons I put my fingers up two more. I didn't. <laughs> he tumbles, goes two laps. The rest of the field don't know what's happening. They tumble and chase him. It's the first time in the history of the international championships that the 30 lapper has become a 32 lap race. And we haven't done it and again it's today. it's in the first. It's the only. It's still the world record, mate. No one else is no stupid to do no. that. <laughs> still the world record. <laughs> tumbles, goes again. Eight, 1,600 metres, he tumbles and goes again. We're in our 33rd lap. Stop. Rest, white clad official jumps in on top of him, shakes him, stops him. I turn to the Yanks and say, look, <laughs> maths is not Steve's best subject. <laughs> He was never that good at school. But never. I must say, these days he can count money. And he's no got one of the best import, export, oil businesses. We're this doing is what right. I'm so proud about with him. We've come he's a long made way, his hey? life a success. And that's what I perceive is the important thing about swimming. It's a great because no matter what you say, you can't eat gold medals. You can no, think about it, but no, you can't eat them. You can't eat them, but you know. So you're going to have something else. It's yeah. It's the behind work to even to get the gold medal is one thing, but also to at least try. You know, to come up and you go into a program to at least attempt something, because that's the building blocks for later on. You know, you, you've learnt the dedication, you've learnt the commitment, you've learnt what it takes. Okay, perhaps your body wasn't right or whatever it was, and you didn't quite. You got to your pinnacle, but you didn't get to the, the, you know, pinnacle. the pinnacle, okay? But then you, you, you bash all that up. And I know there'd be thousands and thousands of people, people like ourselves. Um, Kids all over yeah. Australia, all over the world. You know, you can sit around. Not, and Laurie's not there, but not quite got what they're physically 
what they should have got, you know? And that's the sad part. And, and some do, some never go further, and some, some are destroyed on that. But that's life, you know? There's a lot of people that have trauma, and, part the, and, and it's interesting to watch people that have trauma and how many can handle it and how many can't. And that's also winning and losing, same deal. People can lose and still go forth in life. People can lose and can't. People that lose, you know, terrible things on the, as they grow up and grow old like me. Yeah, you're not old. I'm a kid, although I keep talking like that. So, Superfish, tell us the background to that nickname. Yeah, Superfish, where did that come from? I think it came just from the, uh, the Sunday Telegraph, the afternoon yeah. Telegraph that used to, because he was capable of breaking world records, he broke world records in training, two world records in the one race, youngest ever world champion, youngest ever um, world record holder at 15. Amazing, amazing achievements. And just, and I know if, if my daughter was born the year before the Olympics. In those days, there was no money for coaches. Nah. And, and that's terrible. one of the reasons I abused Richardson. Well, hang on, I went days. one better than that. I did that to the Prime Minister. Oh, good. So that happened so, on the night of the swim in Montreal. Prime Minister rang me up, played a call, and they, I was at the t television interview, and he's on the phone. Malcolm Fraser, was it at that time? I'm not sure. Anyway, I said, mate, where were you? Nearly the yeah. same as you. I said, where were you? My parents have got no money. We've been doing this on the shoestring budget. Never heard from you. And, and now? Now you're here. You I said, it's all come. too late. I said, it's all too late, mate. You know? It's too late. And so I, I, there was no money for coaching, so I stopped to get coaching with your life. in 12 months to earn a living for the family, you know? And I still think about it today, what might have been, but it's no good living in the past. It's and life. that's why I say, life throws things at you, you've got to take them. It's the same as you mentioned Justin Lemberg before. Yep. To me, that brought back bad memories for me. Even though the kid's got Olympic bronze medal. He's, he was a hard trainer also. He was, he was one of the best. Yep. Absolutely. He was one of the few kids he, he won the 200, 400, 1500, at the national championships. Yep. He went, he was the same age as Jono, went over to 1984 as a 17 year old kid. I'd identified in training that his turns were bad. I said, mate, your turns are bad, we've got to fix them. So he lived next to a school that had a pool. So I went to him and I said, Justin, I want you to go to the pool every lunch hour and do a half an hour of turns so that you can get better, improve your turn. He did it, but I wasn't there watching him. But that is shitty coaching. And if there's any young coaches out there looking at this, it's a commitment it's, from it's the coach and from the swimmer, from the right? Coach and the swimmer. Yeah. He committed. I didn't. It's a link. I didn't go and look at the turns to see if those turns were good. And so a shitty turn became even shittier. And he was right there, ready to win, ready to beat De Carlo in that 400 yeah. in 1984. De Carlo, the kid that had trained at altitude, he was there ready to beat him. And the turn was foul. 
He finished up third. He got beaten by. It was a great a time. Touch. He was fast. Like that. But beaten by that. But he's now McDonald's king. So he's gone on and he says many times that what he learned in the pool, he's learned in business. He's doing very well for himself. Fantastic. He's a smart man. He's, 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 he's got good. pools all over the place. Yeah. He's got McDonald's franchises. He's got a little um, oh, stud for, for cattle. I'm glad you finished that. Was, yeah, for cattle. <laughs> I said that. I said for cattle. Yeah, I was wondering where you're going yeah, with that. For stud. Cattle. For cattle, yeah. Yeah, for okay, cattle. for cattle. Moo. <laughs> Are we done? No. Can, we, can we get a good question in? <laughs> Mate, we're working on it. We've been here 20 minutes and we still haven't got one. <laughs> we're working on it. We're working yeah. on it. So, over three years, and correct me if I'm wrong, you broke 12 world records. Oh, no. With, uh, over four, yeah, four years, three, nearly four years, we did um, 11 world records, and here's a classic. So, we swam. Um, we, were, we went for the world record in the Valley Bars, the old Valley Bars. That's right. Anyway, so a guy, there was a guy in there, Graham White, a good bloke. He, he wasn't in the race, so he, um, he was two laps behind. So we, we, we're coming into the last two laps, so I'm passing him. So he sprints. And then they claimed that he was assisting me, so they took the world record off me. Yeah, that was poor. That was poor. That was very ordinary. Huh? Right? That was ordinary. You know, they don't realise, I think lots of officials don't realise the damage that they can do to young kids. He was pacing me, that was the claim. Yeah, from the two laps behind. How can you claim two laps that? Beyond. Anyway, we had 11 and plus that one, I guess. And look, you know, I mean, it was a great career, it was very difficult. Um, but after the come down, in those days, it's nothing like today. Today, you know, we've gone it's to the other. It's more scientific. It's oh, more, well, you know. It's they're getting uh, opportunity to train. Facilities. They're getting finances. Got. It's yeah, it's a good thing. But still, they've got to look after the kids' mentality before and after before the swimming. Before and you know? after. Very important. Because swimming only lasts a certain time, and that's why I'm always saying, you can't eat gold medals. Educate yourself, because yeah, it's hundred percent. You when must the swimming do that. finishes. Life begins. You see, I never did that. When I finished my um, my swimming career, I had two years of floating around, totally lost. Probably had about ten years actually, of totally lost. I went and did a carpentry apprenticeship, got into the surf club, and then my life started. You know, I started to get and build those blocks together. And but it doesn't really click till you're about thirty, with two kids and you know big bills and anything. Holy shit! And then I got into the oil industry from that day forth, and and away we went. But yeah, it takes a long time to takes a long time to get to that pinnacle, and it takes a long time to come back down. And, and that's come back what down he's slowly. talking about mentally helping the kids when they finish. Yep, absolutely. Hey, yeah, just big, guide them. That's all. Guide them. Sorry, I'm deaf in one ear. The biggest lesson. <laughs> <laughs> you this one from me. <laughs> Don't miss training. Don't miss training. <laughs> Well, I, I think I, I never looked at it. It was just one of those things I just did. You know what I mean? I mean, I never really gave it a lot of thought. I just did it. And, and when, when the coach said, okay, that, that's what we're doing, that's a program, it's just straight in. Like, not a wait around, you know, fix the goggles, pull up the dog. It was just, okay, we're going to do this. We did have one case where we, we had 2,400s and we were up to 16. And we did have a case like that where these two big blokes were mucking around and weren't doing their, their times 
and he gets him, he gets their heads and goes, <laughs> knucklehead. <laughs> These guys were six foot six, old puny verse here. Anyway, he says, righto, we're going to start again. And you I liked thought, that, didn't you? Yeah. I walked over and said, mate, we'll be here all night. I said, you'll never break me. I said, I'll go all day, all night. Let's go. <laughs> so we did. And we kept going. <laughs> kept going. One, One of the things it. that we used to do once, or twice a week occasionally was what I'd call an animal set. <clears throat> an animal set could consist of anything, but it had to last for two hours. Whatever it was, it went for two hours. So he'd say, what are we doing? Eight 100s. 400 IM, three 200s butterfly, 1650s jump out freestyle, five 400s IM. And just every time he come in, I'd throw something out of him. And it was amazing the distance on all strokes that he would squeeze in to that half hour because he had the heart of a lion. My body <laughs> fell apart, eh? trying to keep Not up. Not from coaching? No, 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 from, no, no, no. It, it was just, I had, uh, I was very lucky to have the ability to go forever without really getting that tight. But my body let me down, like my shoulders, my, that things would just, you know, where internally never really phased me at all. I mean, it just didn't. I did a 17K session once. I doubled up the session because I wanted to go surfing that afternoon and That's I wanted right. to surf the next day. Well, mate, <laughs> I, went I remember that. I could hardly paddle. Clearly, he said, I'm, I'm going, I want to go down. I said, mate, oh, you've, so got, sore. you've got to come back and do another 8K this afternoon. I'll do it he now. He said, can I do it now so I can go early and get down to the coast? So I stayed back and did 17K that Seemed morning. like a good idea at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I got down there to surf my arms. I couldn't move my shoulders, I was shot. And I thought, I won't do that again. That was a stupid thing to do. But we got hell waves, it was good fun. But you know, really with Laurie and, and over those years, and um, it was a very small time of my whole life, but it made a major part on how I think today. That's how about where it sits. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Stuff the Silver, We're Going for Gold. To stay up to date with all episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. For more information, visit laurielawrence.com.au. It's alive to the fire!